Hey, this is Lou Mangello from WDW Radio, and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. Let's do this. We continue all the way to episode 349 of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast and try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. So glad to join us. Let's start off like a drawer with a virtual day. Well, let's see who joined us this week. This is Brittany and Troy. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indian Labas, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. And Rachel, Hello. that did not help. <laughs> no, because I was I'm just about to reply. And if you don't believe us, ask our dishes. Yes. <laughs> if you're still not completely stuffed from Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've got some room <laughs> and want to put our service to the test. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See what uh, you started? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you can get the gray stuff at Walt Disney World, but we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> the influence of this story is so reaching, but we will get to that. So, oh my. Hopefully everyone who celebrates Thanksgiving had a good holiday. After the third day of leftovers, I was like, can I just get like a peanut butter jelly sandwich? <laughs> you know something less smothered in gravy uh <laughs> my stomach can only handle so much you know rich food so many days yeah we're going back to like macaroni and cheese i'm like yeah thank you that's actually what's on the menu tonight yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so yeah and we're uh, apologize uh, hopefully people fully saw the post on facebook that yeah the show is a little late but the holidays and then uh i had technical issues and by technical issues i mean that my headphones that i normally use that also have a built-in microphone um went from the bucket (laughs) yeah went from being slightly broken but technically still functional to only getting sound through one ear to the wire completely snapping in one of the earpieces that also includes said microphone popping completely off uh (laughs) uh, yeah so those are my work headphones and thankfully they're Uh under warrant they're under warranty that's good uh but i'm having to go through the it people at work to do it because they're the ones that made the purchase in the first place so like i have to send them like the pictures of the damage and the serial number that's printed on said headphones and they have to submit them to the manufacturer and then the manufacturer will tell them what we're supposed to do with them so i'm I'm just sitting around waiting with broken Mm -hmm. headphones and no microphone and like what the crap am i supposed to do um so i just 
took that as a sign. I was like, well, you know, you've been hemming and hawing, thinking about making some technology purchases for your own personal, you know, arsenal mm -hmm. of technology. Mm -hmm. This is your sign. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> universe is saying go for it rachel yes <laughs> yeah a little bit um thank you post thanksgiving sales yep. but anyway uh news fandom news um uh, unfortunately i really our only piece of fandom news is 10 o'clock news so mm -hmm. um so steven sondheim legend of broadway and musicals and a bazillion other things has passed away at the age of 91 so um and i mean <laughs> he just long you know life, west still. west side story you know sweeney todd sunday the park with george you know company uh, into the woods take your pick mm. yeah um uh, so, and the fact that i had just watched tick tick boom that was just released and uh sondheim appears i do air quotes appears although he's not played by himself <laughs> in this in it but he played a part in the actual story of jonathan larson um but then sondheim himself actually appears in audio form in a in a uh answering machine recording they use act actual audio um so they use Sondheim's actual voice so while physically he doesn't appear in it his voice does so thought that was kind of an eerie serendipity Mm. but uh you know like you know the, the new version of west side story the film is getting ready to re be released so uh so mm -hmm. yeah they uh did like they i, I haven't seen it because all i've all i've really seen is the the broadway gathering um on sunday uh with like lin-manuel miranda a uh, bunch of fans got together and sang some songs and stuff, but I'm sure that Broadway did their traditional dimming of the lights that evening. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. oh, yep. You can go watch the OG West Side Story. Go see the new West Side Story when it opens near you or watch Into the Woods. So. Mm hmm. Disney version. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, speaking of musicals, I guess somewhat connected because he did learn some of his tricks of the trade from Oscar Hammerstein. Uh, <laughs> there's a new episode <laughs> of Gold Standard now out in the feeds where we discuss the sound of music. So, speaking of Rogers and Hammerstein, so you could go listen to that because that is part of the main feed. Um, and since we are recording this a little late, 
It is now December 1st, which means new month, which means book club updates. And a good thing, because I just did that today. <laughs> you'll get the so. you'll look at the calendar and you're like, crap. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, I flipped over my calendar so. today and I'm like, uh, how did this happen? Uh-huh. Yeah, we just in November. Okay, so December's book is the Gallifrey Chronicles, which is an eighth doctor adventure. The choices for January's poll are three audio books from Bagel Finish, Land of the Dead, Sirens of Time, which is the very first Big Finish uh, audio, and Whispers of Terror, and then the Resurrection Casket rounds it out. Mm. Ooh. Yep. Yes. The fact that we're talking about book club for the first book club choices of 2022 <laughs> yes, right? yeah like how is there only 30 more days left i year? don't know i know i wow. don't know <laughs> yeah it just it just it seems like 2021 just started i know well you know it's a blessing and a curse because you know each yes. day that passes it gets us further away from 2020 yeah that too is that yes. further in the past <laughs> so. mm-hmm. <laughs> well. anyway let's move on to feedback that's a feedback from shalane um and some of the steven spielberg movies that she has seen that i presume are ones that she liked um she didn't say one by the other she just said i've seen these hope you liked them um <laughs> uh the indiana jones of course dress park et close encounters of the third kind she's seen a little bit of jaws me too uh <laughs> jaws is one of those movies where it's like technically i've seen it just not all in one go <laughs> mm-hmm. yes so. you've seen it the, mach- the, the chomp chomp machete version yeah <laughs> i've caught enough <laughs> of it that i've seen it and i know what happens i just have not seen it from beginning to end in one go there's a lot of movies that are like that uh it's same yeah and i'm like i need to fix that but i don't <laughs> yeah i figure i'll watch jaws when we get to that year on gold standard so yeah, you have actually a good, very good, like, excuse, I guess, yeah. to work on that. <laughs> uh, Hook, which is good. Uh, mm-hmm. BFG, Ready Player One, she does plan on saying West Side Story, because of course she does, because Shalane is our in-house musical expert. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and then she also gave us a list of directors and producers that we should also do specific podcast episodes about. <laughs> Just what we need more stuff to be added to the to do list. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, although we, we several, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I will let you know that several of these people are in the, the hat. hat. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I. Uh, because they are also actors on top you know i'm talking about ron howard john favreau kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. you know those guys are known for 
acting roles along with directing but some of those others are some good ones too so mm -hmm. so we will hold on to that list for reference just know that some of those may come up in ways that aren't necessarily like our steven spielberg episode so. mm -hmm. Um, and then she gives us a few examples of movies that are kind of the same and came out close to each other, but not that not in the, you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg here to try to, you know, screw over Pixar <laughs> after, <laughs> after leaving Disney type away. <laughs> Uh, so like Mirror Mirror and Snow White and the Hutsman, Dante's Peak and Volcano, both about volcanoes. Mm -hmm. That was just a 90s both. thing. We went through like this environmental disaster yeah. thing. Yeah. We had like Dante's Peak and like Twister and yep. Yeah. And then we had Armageddon and yep, Ethan Pact. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we just disaster so, movies you know, have kind of been a thing for a long time. So they were a big yeah. thing in the seventies too. Mm -hmm. And not just like environmental disasters, just like the towering inferno and you know. Mm -hmm. Poseidon Adventure. Let's, yeah, it's like let's find a way to have a large number of people be suddenly in peril. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. well. All right. Well, thank you, Shalane, as usual. Yeah. The suggestions. So let's move on to this week's main topic, which is Beauty and the Beast. Yes. A Walt Disney feature animated movie and also a live action remake of said animated movie. <laughs> a broadway mm -hmm. show uh, you know full broadway show there are the trimmed down uh shortened versions uh for the disney park and the cruise ships and the, yeah <laughs> like i said the reach of this particular franchise uh goes far and wide so but first before we talk about the 91 animated movie, let's talk about the source material. This is where my very, very, very mediocre elementary school French lessons may or may not come in handy. Uh <laughs> Same. I think I actually remember when my French class, I think my teacher brought in like the original French yeah yeah well and there's there's it's depending on who you ask of course there are different arguments of what the quote-unquote original story are 
most people, majority of people are in the agreement that it is the fairy tale La Belle et la Bée, um, written by the French novel novelist. I can't say that word. <laughs> How am I supposed to say anything else? Uh, Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve, um, which was published in 1740. Um, but then her version was abridged, rewritten, changed, and then published by uh, Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont in 1756. Um, and that is actually the version that is most commonly retold. Um, and then there's a version by Andrew Lang in the Blue Fairy Book that was written or published or whatever in 1889. But the, the fairy tale itself is considered to be influenced by ancient Greek stories, such as Cupid and the Psyche, uh, by a guy whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, because uh, my Greek is even worse than my French. Um, <laughs> and the Pig King, which is an Italian fairy tale from 1550. Um, so there are variations from almost literally all over the world you know france italy spain portugal belgium germany russia greece asia even the u.s and mexico uh so <laughs> um but uh yeah um so yeah like i said it depends on who you ask on who they consider the the version that most people, of course, these days, most pe versions that people know these days is the Disney version, which, like every other fairy tale that Disney has done, has been really changed so that it is more family friendly. Yeah. Because if you know anything about fairy, you know, old fairy tales is they're really intended to be tales of morality um and tend they to very be really have a happily ever after oh yeah i know and they tend to be very brutal uh even yes. before you get to the not so happy ever after <laughs> so yes. just wait until we talk about cinderella at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> you're gonna be traumatized by the things that happened to her stepsisters uh -huh. sleeping beauty ain't much better <laughs> mm -hmm. either was the original <laughs> Or the Little Mermaid, yeah, Mermaid, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um. So in the uh, Villeneuve version, um, uh, it's not Belle but Beauty, which Belle is the French word for beauty, anyway. So, um, is uh is cared for by her widowed father, um. But she is not an only child. She has, she's one of 12 children, six boys and six girls. Um, and uh, all the girls are very beautiful, but beauty is, of course, the most lovely, while the others are very vain and selfish and spoiled rotten. Um, and they're, the family is actually very uh, wealthy. Um, because uh, their father is a sea merchant, so he owns a whole, you know, fleet of ships. Um, but uh, one 
uh, one night or whatever his ships again different versions his ships are either lost at sea due to a storm or they're attacked by pirates either way the ships are lost and therefore the family fortune is lost they have to move the country beauty decides that you know she can adjust to country life and you know not being rich meanwhile her sisters are you know sitting around bitching about how they don't have money and um but uh and then um sometime later their father finds out that one of his ships has just arrived back in port so whatever the other ships endured this one survived and has managed to make his way back and they're like great we can rebuild the business um and he goes off and before he leaves he's like kids you know i'll bring you back presents what do you want and of course you know all the kids are like you know all the sons are like we want weapons and stuff to hunt with and all the girls are like clothing and jewelry and blah and all beauty asks for is at first all she asks for is just what her father to return home safely um but when he insists she's like i just want a single uh rose because none had grown the previous season um and when he goes to the harbor um he ends up having to sell the ship and everything just to pay off his debts so um he isn't able to buy his children any presents and on the way back he gets lost caught in a storm he ends up taking shelter of a castle uh where nobody seems to be home but there's plenty of food and a place for him to sleep so he ends up eating and you know his fill and sleeping there in the night for uh protection and as he leaves the next day he passes by the the garden of the castle sees a rose bush goes to uh cut one of the flowers and that's when the beast shows himself and it's like you know you thief like like eating his food and sleeping there wasn't considered thievery but cutting a flower off of a bush apparently is uh um so um and uh the father begs for forgiveness uh telling him that he only picked the rose as a gift for his daughter um the beast agrees to set let him go if he sends beauty back in exchange um which he does otherwise the beast will hunt down and kill the entire family um so uh beauty uh the so the father goes back um along with a whole bunch of uh the stuff that his kids had asked for um and you know they don't think anything of it but beauty uh, you know suspects that something maybe weird had happened and finally he tells her and um you know uh, she's like well you made a promise so i'm gonna go and um they go or she goes and lives it lives in the castle um and um every night while she's there in when she's asleep she dreams of being in the castle but she dreams of being in the castle with a very handsome prince and apparently in this apparently in the original story even though beauty is very beautiful she's not the brightest bulb in the bunch because in some way she doesn't make the connection between the be- the handsome prince in her dreams and this beast living in this castle even though she's dreaming about the castle that she's in 
in her mind, she is convinced that this handsome prince is being held hostage somewhere in the castle. Don't know where she gets that from. Uh, <laughs> um, and the, so that's why she does the search of the castle, finds all sorts of amazing rooms like the library um and an aviary and apparently there's enchanted windows that allow her to attend things like the theater without ever having to leave um and um but eventually she comes homesick begs the beast to let her go home and visit her her brothers and sisters he allows her to go as long as she promises to be back within a set amount of time again it varies anywhere from two weeks to two months um she promises um goes home reunites with her family has a grand old time she fully intends to go back but her sisters being the little bitches that they are um manage to trick her so that she accidentally stays longer so when she does return she finds the beast dying of a broken heart because he didn't she didn't return when she promised um and in the pro and as he's laying there dying she's like oh you know i'm so sorry i didn't mean to um you know i really care for you um and that's when he's transformed into the handsome prince and they live happily ever after so this one does have a happily ever after, but it takes a bit of twisted turns to get there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the TLDR Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yes. And again, again, all the different versions from around the world, slightly variant. Um, what's interesting is there are some people that think that um the story may have also been in some way influenced by a real life person uh named uh petrus gonsalves um who was um he was uh alive during the uh the uh mid uh 1500s to the early 1600s um and was well known at the various courts in italy and france um but he suffered from hypertrichosis which essentially means an excessive uh growth of body hair um so um, there are paintings of him and he he kind of looks like what you would probably label as like the wolf man at like a side a sideshow like the freak show in a circus is kind of what he looks like you know um so yeah i'm not in any way calling him a freak or you know saying that you know calling him a wolf man but that's like what i thought of <laughs> when i saw you know saw these these paintings of him um and but he was he was known by Henry the Second. Um, he ended up getting married, um, and later moved into another court, uh, the Duke of Parma's, and uh, ended up having seven children. And four of those seven children actually ended up with the same disorder. Hmm. Um, but he lived in, as a, a nobleman. So. Um, but they were never really accepted into society completely. Um, 
but um yeah he eventually settled in italy and the last known record of him is from 1617 when he was listed among those who attended his grandson's christening um but he ended up uh dying in uh, 1618 near rome so But there are some people that think that maybe his story was partially uh, the inspiration for. So. Uh, and then the story, as we know it, the Disney version. Um, uh, actually, Walt wanted to adapt this not long after Snow White and the Seven Door- Doors uh was such a success um in 37 um so you know walt was all like let's just adapt all the fairy tales <laughs> um and um yeah starting in the right after snow white the sun doors all the way into the 50s um they tried and tried and tried to you know find a way to adapt it into a a film um and just found it too challenging and, and actually there was a a version done in 1946 um it's not an animated film but it is a film adaptation uh, uh by a french uh, filmmaker june uh jean cocteau um and um some people think maybe walt was kind of discouraged like oh well the story's been done so we'll move on to something else um and it wasn't um until the late 80s um that uh they actually approached uh richard williams who directed some of the animated parts of who framed roger rabbit was uh approach to direct but he turned it down and he recommended uh, richard purdom um who began working under don hahn um for what was going to be a non-musical version um and um the obviously it, it it had to evolve even from there so michael eisner was ceo at the time you know we're getting into the disney renaissance at this point um eisner insisted that they actually use a screenwriter which was unusual for animated movies uh but that actually ended up being a a good thing because it helped them from going off the rails and an- drawing and animating a bunch of stuff that would end up not being in the movie <laughs> and wasting time and money. Um, so, and then, uh, so they did a bunch of storyboarding, set those to reels, you know, kind of like animatics. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg um, saw where they were going with it and ordered them to scrap it and start over thank you jeffrey mm-hmm. uh by no surprise Purdom resigned as director 
Uh, they approached John Musker and Ron Clements to direct. They turned it down because they had just finished Little Mermaid. Um, so Katzenberg hired uh, Kirk Wise and Jerry Truesdale, who at that time were, this would be their first time directing a feature film. Um, they had done uh, the animated sections of Cranium Command, which was part of uh, a themed attraction at Epcot. Um, and then, uh, apparently Katzenberg, uh, was the one that brought in, uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, who had done the score for Little Mermaid to turn Beauty and the Beast into a Broadway style musical film, uh, same as they did for Mermaid. Uh, so, um, and at that point, um, but unfortunately, uh, Howard Ashman, um was dying and he knew it by then um he had aids he had full-blown aids um and he had complications because of it and um he and uh alan Menken had been working on um aladdin but um he agreed to join the the team for uh Beauty and the Beast because they were struggling so much. So, uh, so they ended up moving pre-production to from London to uh, New York, close to where Ashman was was living. Um. So. Uh. So. Uh. They. Uh did some more molding and changing and all those things that happen with movie production and um, ended up uh, adding, uh, creating Gaston as the real villain. Thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the idea of there were inanimate objects that were alive in the original fairy tale but it was their idea to actually give them like personality so even you know whether they whether the objects had been people before the curse or the spell had been set upon um it just gave the the castle more life and personality so unlike some people that go down like the really twisted rabbit hole and they're like you know is everything that moved and danced and sang was that a person so you know does that mean that like bell was eating dinner off of people you know using them as her fork <laughs> like no not every inanimate object was a person um it was just a way to have a bigger cast especially during those big splashy song and dance numbers like be our guest mm-hmm because oh, they re- they literally wanted it to be a Broadway style like musical with the idea that it would be turned into a literal Broadway musical after the fact. <laughs> so they were very sure that this was going to be successful, I guess. Uh, so um, at this point, Gassenberg gave it the yay, okay, and things. Um, went on trucking ahead um and you know again because they wanted to have this have the broadway 
style um you know feel to it they cast people like angela lansbury uh as mrs potts and jory jerry orbach as louis um so um um and then uh the animation production um they found themselves looking at a two-year time frame instead of four years because of all the scrapping and starting over by scrap from scratch thanks to jeffrey castleberg although i guess in the long run it turned out to be a good thing uh, <laughs> uh but it helped that they were able to start using um computer animation software uh what was known then as the caps computer animation production system which was a digital scanning ink paint and compositing system of software and hardware developed for disney by pixar so allowed him to use a wider range of colors soft shading colored line effects um when they things that were lost when they stopped doing handy hand inking for essentially copying xeroxing um in the 60s um it also allowed them to do uh, simulate the multiplane effect um which is kind of that uh feeling like of a uh, a camera like on a boom that's able to move around and do like sweeping movements um which is obvious very obvious during the beauty and the beast ballroom dance sequence where it feels like there's someone controlling a camera and just like whizzing around the room following Belle and the Beast as they dance. Um, which even then to save time, the dance sequence is actually the reused final dance sequence from um, Sleeping Beauty. So you could swap out Belle and the Beast for Aurora and Prince Philip and it'd be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Not the first time Disney has reused animation, and not the last. <laughs> nope. There's a there's a there's one scene. I think it's during the the uh, towards the end, the looting of the castle. I read somewhere that there's uh, smoke, and the smoke is not animated. It's actual smoke, but it's the same smoke they use in the Black Cauldron. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and obviously as we were, uh, well, we were talking about before we started, uh, the music for this particular movie. So iconic. So, so iconic. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, Howard Ashman ended up dying before the movie was even released um so but um still his his fingers uh are are in there uh along with the help of of alan Ankman, alan menken jeez um <laughs> um but yeah i mean bell the opening song you know the village singing about how strange bell is and she's just oblivious or 
she either oblivious or she just doesn't care i think it's more she just doesn't care i think she's well aware that the people think she's strange she just does not give a crap um which huh um uh, the one year i went to indiana comic-con the year that uh jenna coleman was there uh paige o'hara was there uh who was the voice of bell and not just the talking voice but also the singing voice um and i went to the her panel and the people convinced her to sing a little so you know she did the you know in a town in a quiet village you know that bit up to and then the audience went good morning bell and i'm like ah, i got to hear bell <laughs> sing bell you know <laughs> <laughs> Like little eight-year-old me is like, this is the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh then of course beauty, you know, uh be our guest um is just uh absolutely iconic. Um and then the 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 ballad Beauty and the Beast, which um uh angela lansbury did not want to sing she thought that another character would be better for it i don't know who i don't know maybe she thought that that would be a good song for like david ogan steers to sing as cogsworth or something um (laughs) so um but the directors asked her to just do one recording so that they'd have something to reference um and so she did and that's when it ended up in the movie and she's been singing it ever since if you've seen the video of her singing it with uh alan menken oh i want to say it's from like 2012 or something like that um i think it yeah i think it was at like one of like the early d23 expos or something like that that they did uh, i think they did a show uh they did something with alan minkin i think she showed up and ended up singing beauty and the beast and of course everyone in the audience is like ah my childhood uh, <laughs> um so um but yeah I mean, just the you know, uh, the only the, the only song that did not end up in the movie that was written for it was "Human Again," um, which ended up going and is in the Broadway stage version. Um, and then when they re- did a special edition re-release of the film, they ended up putting it in. I think as a bonus feature. Um, so. um but yeah it was it was uh nuts uh i mean because the disney renaissance had already started you know because they'd had little mermaid a couple years before um and then we were going to have aladdin in this and the lion king so disney was kind of on a roll which we've talked about um but this was just like stupid kind of in a way it just like surprised everybody just how well this did um it grossed uh 145.9 million dollars 
uh, during its initial release, just in North America, $331.9 million worldwide. Um, it was the third most successful film in 1991 in North America, surpassed only by Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, at the time, it was the most successful animated Disney film release, the first animated film to reach $100 million in the United States and Canada in its initial run. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's been re-released several times. It's been released in IMAX. It's been released in 3D. Um, it's... Uh, um it, da, 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 it's uh, i mean it's 94 percent of rotten tomatoes not that that really matters a whole lot to me uh <laughs> with an average rating of eight mm -hmm. and a half out of ten um holds a 95 out of 100 on metacritic uh cinema score gives it an a a, a plus which that i agree with uh <laughs> So, um, let's see, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the song won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Um, so that ended up going to Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Oh, of course, obviously Howard was gone by then, but Alan, Alan, Alan was there and Howard's partner was there to accept it on, on Howard's behalf. Uh, Menken's score won the award for Best Original Score um funnily enough they were nominated against themselves for both bell and be our guest for best original song <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh since then the academy's changed the rules so it limits a film to two nominations in each cat in that in that particular category <laughs> uh um, best sound and most notably it was nominated for best picture which made it the first animated film to first feature animated film to ever be nominated for best picture um it was the first disney specific movie to be nominated for best picture since mary poppins um and then the disney company as a whole only the third film to be nominated for best picture because dead poet society uh was nominated for best picture in 89 i think um so but dead poet society is not disney direct it's one of the fringe <laughs> you know um so it it it, te it remains the only animated film to have that kind of like check in its box for when the best picture category was only had five nominees once they expanded it to 10 obviously that's change um because uh films like toy story 3 have been nominated for best picture uh, since then so um but at the time because uh there was not a best animated feature category yet um so when beauty and the beast got nominated 
that this particular year in the academy it was like and just kind of animation as a whole was just kind of taken off because of the disney renaissance and then obviously the breakup between uh um eisner and katzenberg and katzenberg going off and creating dreamworks with steven spielberg uh that uh, they realized just how big animation was becoming and then they created the best animated feature category mm-hmm. um, so we really have not had that since with a few exceptions um like i said toy story 3 being one of the few exceptions uh so um obviously beauty and the beast did not win that particular year it lost to silence of the lambs which is interesting when you think about it <laughs> they couldn't be any more difference <laughs> so um i can't remember what the other nominees were that for silence of the lambs beating the beast bugsy jfk and the prince of tides were the nominees that year so I haven't decided yet if I think that uh, Silence of the Lamb should have won that year or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll make that decision when we get to it on Gold Standard. Yeah. so it was the first animated it did win the golden globe for best motion picture musical or comedy because you remember the golden globes do musical comedy is one category and then drama is another which there can be musicals that are not comedies yeah i never i'm sure that that argument has been made by lots of people when it comes to the golden globes actually Mm um and it was the the first animated uh feature film to to win that so it i mean it it just won all sorts of things so um obviously um so yeah and then they turned it into a broadway musical like they planned yep Mm -hmm. uh premiered in april of 94 at the palace theater in new york um and has played all over the place they got a tony award um and was kind of the first in a whole line of disney stage productions so ended its broadway run in 2007 after 5461 performances wow (laughs) as of 2017 it's broadway's 10th longest running show in history wow and then of course in 2017 we got the live action remake with emma watson Uh as bell and lots of auto tune. Yep. It's okay. 
there were parts of me that were like, yeah, it was fun hearing the songs again. I yeah. did like that they I did like that they expanded a little bit on the more on the the prince's the beast backstory, you know. Um and even Belle's backstory and like what happened to her mother. I'm yep. you know. I am I I you know, I think that uh yeah, Dan Stevens did a, you know, perfectly you know, good job uh especially considering he had to wear that weird mocap suit the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think Luke Evans made a great guest on. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> and Josh Gad makes a great LaFou. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, uh, yeah, I, Emma was okay. She was just okay. You know, thankfully she had a really strong cast around her that made it from being like absolutely awful. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just singing is not her thing, I think. So they tried. Um, so, and I'm still annoyed that even after all of this and the added backstory and everything, the freaking prince still doesn't get a name Mm-mm. he still doesn't get properly named i mean yeah. the worst kept secret in the disney fandom community is everybody knows what the prince's name is adam but it's never really been like officially 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 said by disney that that's his name mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like you do the end of this live action they're like oh this is great we get more backstory and everything and then you know he gets turned into handsome prince and bell's final thing to line to him is how do you feel about growing a beard or facial hair or whatever and it's like they live happily ever like he still doesn't have a name you're still not giving him a name outright really <laughs> oh my Again, eight-year-old me, a little frustrated. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I've been waiting since I was eight. Give him a name. Uh, so, any hoozles. So, that's uh, no. I mean, that's as far as Disney is concerned. Those are the, you know, the the Disney connections to beauty and the beast oh yeah obviously there are a bazillion different adaptations of the story there's a a version of shelly duvall's fairy tale theater starring susan sarandon of all people is beauty (laughs) yeah there's the 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 tv series beauty and the beast with linda hamilton (laughs) anybody watch that no anybody else watch that tv series as a kid in the 90s mm, linda hamilton beauty the beast ron perlman oh yeah i yes yeah. yes yes and armin fisher and armin yep. fisher was one of his friends yep yep mm-hmm. yep yep <laughs> when was that <laughs> oh it was in the 90s yeah 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 i just happened to have the complete set of, complete series on dvd it was on sale a while back 
Oh, no, she's an attorney. I guess it was the late 80s, yeah. technically. Eight, started late, 87. Late 80s, early, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. 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 Yes, I can yeah, remember. It ran from 87 that. to 90. But yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton as uh, mm-hmm. district attorney in New York. Little. And, yeah. And then her name was Catherine. And then the beast named Vincent, played by Ron Perlman who lives mm-hmm. kind of in the New York underground. Okay, I've seen pictures, but I have not seen the show. Yep. Yep. Huh. Yeah, and then, of course, obviously, Bell as... A character and then the quote unquote beast, not really a beast, it's Rumble Stiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Uh-huh. Yes. But they did, um, you know, give an homage to the ballroom sequence in Once Upon I a remember- Time. And we all went, ah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> And then things kind of went downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, that was an interesting something. Yes. <laughs> them. I mean, okay, a couple seasons later, it started to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to our episodes about Once Upon a Time to hear all about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and warning you right now, the very first one, uh, yeah, we broke some old with that one. Yep. <laughs> oh my uh and then of, and then of course um you know disney all over the place um both bell and the beast are characters in the parks that you can meet in the france pavilion in epcot um since the expansion in fantasy land at the magic kingdom with new fantasy land um you have the beast castle which houses the uh be our guest restaurant um which has several different themed rooms so like there's the main biggest dining area which is kind of the ballroom um and then there's the uh music we call it the music box room i don't think that's that's actually called um but it's one of the smaller side rooms where there's a essentially a giant oversized music box of bell and the beast that spins around and plays music there's the um east wing where it's got the rose the enchanted rose there's the portrait of the the prince that the beast has slashed through it's all creepy and everything i love it uh um and that's where you can get the gray stuff. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's on the menu. Apparently, it tastes like um, the middle of an Oreo. If you took the Oreo oh, cookie okay. and crumbled it up in the frosting, so it's essentially gotcha. cookies and cream. Essentially, is what it is. Okay, well, actually, that um, sounds like it would taste delicious. Yeah, <laughs> if you like Oreos, and cookies and cream flavoring, then yeah, you probably would. Mm. and then um and then there's a beauty and the beast 
dark ride called Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast that's in Tokyo, Disneyland. But then also in New Fantasyland and the Magic Kingdom, there is Maurice's Cottage, um, which you can go into. And that's where you do Enchanted Tales with Tales with Belle. And there's some really cool magical stuff that happens to get you to the the story room to to see Belle, uh, which I will not divulge. You just have to, if you want, you can go look up videos on YouTube, but otherwise it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Some <laughs> of the stuff that they do, uh, <laughs> but eventually you get to go and you get to meet Belle. Um, and some of the characters are there like uh, wardrobe and Lumiere and stuff. It's really cool. I love it. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, this movie, uh, part of me can't believe that it is now 30 years old. <laughs> I, I can't believe it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, so, but I, it's always been one of my favorites. I, I, I've always, Same. I've always identified at least a little bit with Belle. First of all, she's Same a brunette. Yeah. So it's like finally a brunette Disney princess. They're not yes. all just blonde uh-huh. or redhead, uh, you know, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> and now Merida. Um, I love those feisty red-headed Disney princesses. But yes, I give some love to the brunettes. Thank you, Princess Anna from Arendelle. Yes. Um, even if she does mm-hmm. have the white streak, she's still technically a brunette. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, the fact that she just loves books. <laughs> you know, yes. I want in- that library. Oh my god, yes. Same. Same. Yeah. If not that one, the one from Once the Once Upon a Time TV show. <laughs> Just give me, give me. Right That's on my own personal giant library in my house. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. T- take notes, boys. <laughs> like, I don't, like. I see this meme and it calls to me. It's like not all girls want to walk in closet. Someone in walk in library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darn right. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice chocolates. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know the fact that she, you know, she just wasn't interested in kind of the, you know, the same things that normal, quote unquote, normal people were into. You know, she wasn't interested in like finding a man, right? Uh, much to Gaston's dismay. Gaston. Let's talk about Gaston for a second here. <laughs> like the best worst yeah. Disney villain ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, he's so awful, but it's like, yeah, just it, he's one of those that you just love to hate. Mm-hmm. You get there's a certain joy out of just being like, oh, you egotistical piece of man meat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so dumb <laughs> and so misogynistic and you know everything he's like you know making fun of bell for read, you know, reading books it's like the next thing you know women will get ideas and thinking uh, 
Oh, and then like the the bimbos of the town are like so mad at Bell. Like he's so gorgeous. I'm like yeah, there's more to that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Which the whole book thing and Bill Bell loving books, you know, in a way, kind of alludes to the overall kind of metaphor or moral of the story. You can't judge a book by its cover. Because, like, Gaston yep. technically is good-looking, although he's so not my type. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's ugly inside. He's he's just a worthless human being. And mm-hmm. then you've got the Beast, who is very scary-looking from the outside, but turns out he's actually, you know, he's a good guy, even before he gets trans, you know, even before he turns back into being human, you know. Turns mm-hmm. out he actually does have a a heart, um, and and can be kind. Um, so you know, it's it's very fortuitous that Bell really likes books. In a way, yeah. So, but what about you guys? What are your memories, thoughts? Well, I can remember seeing it in the theater. I did. I can remember. I I can remember having bed sheets. I can remember having all the collectibles, <laughs> the dolls I got for Christmas, and then yep. it was either McDonald's or Burger King that had the the characters so yeah i got those and i can remember listening to the soundtrack non-stop and that ballroom scene was to die for <laughs> yes <laughs> those were my memories my parents put up with it <laughs> if i Beast has always been one of my favorites for like a lot of the same reasons she's like mm-hmm. i always call her the bookworm princess i'm like yay mm-hmm. And um, I remember having um, like the VHS tape, and I think I watched it enough times that I kind of broke it, and mom had to give me a new one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there a time or two. Yeah, yeah. I had like that, um, like the story on CD thingy, like I said, it was mm-hmm. one of the two. Didn't Pizza Hut even have something? With Beauty and the Beast, because I can remember having like a plasticky Cogsworth and a chip. Uh, hold on, I'm going to Google. <laughs> this is driving me nuts. I don't know if I'm dreaming up a product or if I'm actually correct. Like, are we oh, having I've a mandala effect here or what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember those um, little jelly jaws that would some that would have like different um, license <laughs> products yes, on them? Yes, I was right. They were hand puppets. It was a thing. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that, but I might have been. Just send me a link to some pictures. I can include some pictures in the. Yes, hold on. In the show notes. Send, yep, sending in our messenger chat here. 
Yeah, I never, I never had any of the toys. Um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, have it on VHS in the white plastic clamshell case. Yes. Because you weren't truly a 90s kid if your Disney movies did not come in the plastic clamshell case that if you weren't carefully, you could slice your skin open just like a paper cut. Yeah, uh-huh. and that smell, mm-hmm. plastic smell. That was like, like mm-hmm. and just the feel unique. Of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a plastic like that elsewhere that exists on this planet. It's quite like that. It's like it's plastic, but it's kind of like styrofoam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever owned any. Beauty and the Beast merchandise as a kid. I know I owned Aladdin and the Little Mermaid. I don't think I ever owned any Beauty and the Beast other than the VHS tape. I have the movie now on DVD. I have one of the one of the anniversary editions. I don't remember which one. Uh, I have the twenty fifth. I know. I know. I have the twenty fifth one. Yeah. I don't know if I don't remember if I have the twentieth the 25th it's not in this room so i can't look but yep so i remember my um middle school did a actually a really good um version of the play i'm being very impressed or i could have just been like I knew, yeah, I, I, yeah, I knew someone. I was friends with with someone at one point that uh, we that there was a local group that did a locally staged production of the Broadway version, um, and it was done really, really well. So, yeah. But then there are, uh, again, if you go to YouTube, you can see video, like there's high school versions and uh, like junior versions for even younger, younger kids. Yeah. Or, you know, the truncated versions, because there's no way that they could handle doing, you know, two and a half, three hours. <laughs> it's like, this is the hour long version for the little kids mm-hmm. whose attention span won't go that much longer than that, no matter how much they may love performing. <laughs> uh like i said there's the the stage the truncated stage version at disney mgm studios which i believe is still going on which i've seen on tiktok somebody's video of uh towards the end when bell returns uh and finds the the beast dying but because of the pandemic, they're having to be socially distanced even on stage. Wow. <laughs> so Bella's like, you know, four or five feet away from the beast, like reaching her arm out to him, like, no, don't die. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is almost moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, oh. 
oh my eventually with theater they'll be able to go back to be able embracing properly mm-hmm. and yep. pushing guests on off the oh, wait he fell <laughs> gaston was not pushed he fell of his own ego to his death thank goodness with the little skulls in his eyes if you ever mm-hmm. seen that where people managed to get that exact frame so as gaston's falling and his eyes are like huge little skull and crossbones appear in his pupils really quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> little easter egg there like just in case you were wondering yes he is going to die when mm-hmm. he lands at the end of this <laughs> he's not he's not going he's not going for ice cream after this he's done (laughs) just don't tell that to any of the gastons that work at the disney parks Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've yet to meet a gaston i look forward to it one of these days there's some really good (laughs) gastons there especially if you yeah, especially if you cater to his ego. <laughs> they will oh take it and run with it. Like I've seen Gaston's where like they've taped, they've like, you know, where guests have just absolutely fawned over him, you know, and treated him like the <laughs> the stud muffin that he thinks he is. I've seen where they've given him like a mirror. And then all he does is, you know, stand there for minutes on end, just looking at himself and how beautiful he is so yeah <laughs> there's some really good gastons out there so if you want to have a good cast oh and that's another thing too gaston's tavern that is also in new fantasy land uh which it has antlers all over the place um and the big fireplace and the big chair that you could sit in for photo op. And then that's what you, there's a, it's just a quick service um, place where you can get snacks and stuff. So like there's like cinnamon rolls, the size of a toddler's head. Um, they've got a drink called LeFou's brew, which is like this, I want to say it's like mango fruit juice thing that's got like this whip topping on top that they it's not marshmallow but it's closer to the consistency of marshmallow i think than like whipped cream so that they're able to like toast it on top so you so you get like this fruity acidic sweet smoky toasted marshmallowy type thing it's it's pure sugar is what it is um more than anything <laughs> yeah your dentist is going to be like please stop um <laughs> but uh but i've had one of those um so if you need a sugar high get yourself a cinnamon roll and a lafu's brew and you're just gonna be, you're like gonna be a kid that just ate 20 pixie sticks oh boy yep Uh, so anything else anybody else got anything else flowers chocolates promises you don't intend to keep (laughs) (laughs) keep. I love that line (laughs) 
Yeah. <sighs> if you have any of the songs I, stuck in your head after listening to this, that, sorry, yeah, really, I'm not really, <laughs> just yeah, really, yeah, just that team up of Jerry Orbach and David Ogden Stiers. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, they were good combo, good combination. I guess apparently Cogsworth was offered to and written specifically for John Cleese. Oh, but he turned oh, it down. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Yep. So figure that. Which yeah i i I could hear it i i I, I can't really say i could see it because you would Mm -hmm. actually see them but you know what i mean (laughs) right yeah yeah i I could see that working oh but david ogden steers Mm -hmm. is really good too yes and he's 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 one of those that just kind of sits in the disney like voice acting stable and just every now and then they're like okay david come on Mm mm-hmm Come on out. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Just, Winchester. We need you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's he's you know, he's his stall is right next to Bill Farmer's, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so what's next on your itinerary? <laughs> mm-hmm. Another goofy movie. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Cool, cool. Well, we'll have stuff linked in the show notes, um, including that Shelley Duvall theater. It's on YouTube. Um, there's some uh, some behind the scenes stuff straight from Disney. Um, some like you know literary expert type people talking about the history of the actual story um there's one video i have linked in the show notes i'm not even going to get into it because it's not my purview um i will let the experts uh speak because they are the experts um but there is a youtube channel uh called cinema therapy Mm. and uh it's two guys one of them is an actual licensed therapist and the other is a filmmaker director um, and they just sit and they, they, you know, essentially psychoanalyze the, the therapist talks about it from the psychological side and, um, the, the, uh, filmmaker talks about like, you know, camera shots and, you know, storytelling and that sort of thing. But they did an episode actually fairly recently, um, about Beauty and the Beast and actually goes into pretty good explanation and detail about why Belle is not suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Ah, okay. So watch Hmm. this and the next time you tell somebody that somebody tells you this movie is Stockholm Syndrome, you can explain to them, you know, Uh -uh. according to an actual psychological expert, this is not Stockholm Syndrome. Technically, Stockholm syndrome does not exist as far as like the uh, the DSM is concerned, which is the 
the diagnostic manual that pretty much all psychiatrists, at least in the United States, use for diagnoses. It is not actually a diagnosable thing. Um, it's just one of those things that's come into the site, the zeitgeist of popular culture. Um, but yeah, yeah, go watch that. And like I said, I'm not going to try to regurgitate what he says in that video. Just watch it and you'll be like, oh, okay. So, but yeah, no, Beauty and the Beast. Makes sense. <laughs> not Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> so <laughs> there, go educate yourselves. <laughs> all right well unless anybody has anything else to add at this point we will open it up for our listeners so if you want to give in your two cents uh you know about Beauty and the Beast, you know, did you, did you own the clamshell, the white plastic clamshell VHS copy like the rest of us? In that case, you had a good childhood. Uh, <laughs> even better if you managed never to slice yourself open on it. Um, uh-huh. You know, do you, ha- do you have a favorite song? You know, do you have a favorite number? Um favorite character that sort of thing send us in your feedback maybe you really like the live action remake that is your well within your right uh, you can give us your explanation why to, you know, if you want um but you can send in your feedback uh you can email us at uh fivishfangirls at gmail.com or you can connect with us pretty much on every other social media platform facebook instagram Twitter, all the thingamajiggers, um, links to all those are on our website, which is the fiveishfangirls.com. Um, it's also where you can find the link to the book club so you can go vote for January 2022. Uh, and uh, <laughs> joining the discussion for the very last discussion of 2021. Um and uh, previous discussions if you want to check out what we've done in the past uh holly leaves pretty much all those open for everyone they they do not close (laughs) so you can jump in wherever um so if you're like hey have you done this particular book and or big finish audio you can go back and check um so there is that um and then also there is a link to our patreon so if you would like to financially support us on a monthly basis you can do that on uh, patreon the link is on our website there's also our ko-fi and our merchandise shop which i'm planning on hopefully doing a revamp early next year with the fresh Ooh. revamp so we'll see (laughs) i have lots of plans for christmas vacation we'll see how much of it actually gets done (laughs) so i've got plans for all sorts of things for us going into 2022 and year eight of the show so uh just those and I'm one person, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, 
it, it's all it's all eventually <laughs> at this point it's, just, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when 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 yes and uh yes we are post thanksgiving uh just a heads up uh ob- normally at this point where they'd be like hey if you're gonna do this christmas shopping check out our link to amazon unfortunately our amazon link no longer works mm. um yeah i've been fighting with amazon for a while in the background and um unfortunately jeff bezos cannot be reasoned with and <laughs> richest man in the entire galaxy and uh amazon is just it's you know it's it's a blessing and a curse as far as a an option for online products and services and there are some great things about it like audible um mm-hmm. <laughs> And Amazon Prime access to a lot of things, uh, you know, because I have to watch award-winning movies on a weekly basis. Um, Mm -hmm. But as far as the Amazon affiliate program, I'm not going to get into all the weeds of that here. Let's just say that it is messy and Mm -hmm. their fine print is a pain in the tuchus. And if you do not follow it by the letter, and if they change it, they don't always tell you and then you're not in compliance of things and then suddenly you find your yes it's it's a hot mess so i'm not i just kind of give it up with trying to get their affiliate program to work for us Mm -hmm. so if anybody's got any suggestions out there for affiliate programs that are less red (laughs) tapish please let us know (laughs) so Uh, <laughs> but until then we do have Kofi, we do have patreon we do have our merch so uh you can financially support us that way all of those do help uh just know that the amazon thing as far as i'm concerned can it's it's walked off into the sunset and i'm just like bye good riddance so so yeah (laughs) so if you had that bookmarked anywhere just delete the bookmark sorry yeah it's it yeah i mean i guess technically it would take you to amazon to allow you to make purchases we just would not get credit for it that's the thing so i've eliminated the book the the links from everywhere that i think i had them linked (laughs) so if anyone stumbles across one that i forgot let me know and i will delete it (laughs) so but anyway that's nobody else's that's not our listeners problem but just in case you are wondering you're like oh time to you know christmas shopping i'll use the five shango so they get some credit oh their link is gone i wonder what happened there you go that's it's Mm -hmm. gone because amazon sucks sometimes and we'll leave it at that so anyway so that's where we're at for this week's show. Um, and hopefully next week's show will not be delayed now that I have new toys to play with, Yay. new technology. So, which is good considering we're going to be sticking within the house of mouse next week. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> 
not just the house of mouse the main i don't say the main mouse because that's mickey mouse though the man behind the mouse how about that wink wink nudge nudge (laughs) oh with that we shall sign off for this week this is Brittany and Troy saying goodnight. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. And yes, I do use antlers in all of my decorating. <laughs> Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvre, why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France, and a dinner here is never second best. Go on and You have been listening to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. You can find more episodes and information at thefiveishfangirls.com. Any and all books, movies, games, and any other forms of media mentioned are owned and operated by the respective copyright holders. No copyright infringement is intended or implied. If you wish to support the show, the easiest way is to leave us a rating and review. More ratings and reviews will make it easier for others to find the show. If you wish to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash All money goes towards fees and equipment to keep the show going. For official 5 Fangirls merchandise, visit redbubble.com people slash we love hearing from our listeners and encourage Life feedback. So you can email us at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fiveishfangirls. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and may we the squee be with you. Suddenly those good old days are gone. Ten years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, needing exercise, a chance to use our skills. Most days we just lay around the castle, flat, be fat, and lazy. You walked in and oops a daisy. It's a guest, it's a guest, sakes alive and I'll be blessed. Wine's been poured and thank the Lord I've had the napkins freshly pressed. With this, she'll want tea, and my dear, that's fine with me. While the cups do this, I'll shoo it, I'll be bubbling, I'll be brewing. I'll get warm, I'll be hot. Heaven's sakes, is that a spot? Clean it up, we want the company impressed. We've got a lot to do. Is it one love or two for you, our guest? She's our guest. Sleep as you digest. Tonight you'll pop your feet up, but for now.